0: Hey guys, welcome back to the Rugby League Guru Podcast. I've had Penrith Panthers fans messaging me for days on end now since their grand final presentation to go and have a listen to the speech that Ivan Cleary gave at their presentation. This isn't the drunk one that was out the front uh, of the hotel or anything. Uh, this is the one that he gave at their Panthers presentation night, which was a very, very good one uh, from what I've heard. So I'm going to listen to it live now. I'm going to play it for you guys as well. I'm just going to pause at a certain moments, talk about things that Ivan have said. From what I've gathered, a little bit's a controversial. I think he takes a few stabs at different people, different teams and whatever, but there are a lot of nuggets of gold in there as well. So uh, I'm going to go through, I'm going to play it. Uh, We're we're, going to listen to it together. Apologies if you've already listened to it. I think it is a good whack of a speech. I think it goes for about 20 minutes or so, so please be aware of that. Uh, And I'm going to pause it at different moments and just talk about uh, what Ivan's talking about and the sort of stuff that stands out for me during this speech.
2: Yeah. I came here today, I was thinking about it uh, the last couple of days. I've got to say, I haven't put in a lot of work into this uh, speech, so bear with me. Um, I was thinking about um, what I could say, and uh, it's all about thanking people, and it's amazing the connection that we have in this club, because uh, Pete Graham, the chairman, and then Benny Harden, our cup coach and our special teams master, um, they pretty much thanked everyone for me, and I didn't even talk to them about it. So. Um, There's so many people that are deserved to be thanked and um, I might thank the odd person in this speech, but um, yeah, without going into all those people because each and every one is is so important. Um, You don't have a club without everyone putting in, um, no matter what their job is, every single job, every single action matters. And that's the basis of what our club is
0: doesn't that just stand out for you straight away when you have a look at some of the teams that are like at the bottom of the ladder or have been at the bottom of the ladder for quite some time and it just seems that all the moving pieces that make up an NRL club, they are just not in sync. Whereas this team... You know, Ivan is literally bragging about how just every little piece does their job. And, you know, the old saying is that, you know, premierships, you know, they're not one on the field, they're one in in the front office. You can be as good as you want on the field, but if your front office isn't sorted out, it becomes very, very difficult. And we've seen that with a number of sides in the NRL over the last few years. Um,
2: So I thought, what can I uh, offer tonight that, um, there's so many people here, I thought, what what can I offer tonight that um, might keep you engaged? I'm certainly not a comedian. Uh, I tried my best coming out of the club the other night. (laughs) Thanks, so so I'm I'm at my best when I'm slightly inebriated, so look out, it could be a good one tonight. Maybe, I'll do my best. Um, I thought the the best thing I can probably do is um, I know it's, uh, we're, we're celebrating, obviously, the 2023 Premiership, and any Premiership is worth celebrating. It is so hard to make a grand final, even harder to win one, um, but I thought there's a little bit more to it than that uh, tonight. It's, uh, it's a 3 three in a row. It's history, um, undisputed. Uh, shout out to Demis Wong, by the way, our analyst. He, yep. Yeah. This guy, Mr. Behind the Scenes, uh, he came up with the idea, uh, with the belt, he would have all send the belt,
0: and as you know, over the last few years the Panthers, for all their premiership victories, they've had a theme throughout the season and Undisputed became their one this year. So it's pretty cool to see, um, you know, the belt after the grand final and everything they had. Um, I think last year, like Top Gun was sort of their their theme there. So they had, you know, nicknames and whatnot. And I, I think it's a fantastic idea to have a theme for your season. And, uh, you know, he obviously just shouted out Dennis Wong there, who I've never heard of, and I'm sure the vast majority of you haven't heard of either. But he was a key part in what the Panthers have done here, coming up with that theme. Just great to see him get a feature there,
2: and uh, he made sure that I mentioned him tonight. So good on you, Dennis! Awesome, nice brother. Actually, on, on just on the subject, before I forget, I just want to thank my beautiful wife, Beck. Thanks, Dill, and Henry. Uh, not only does Beck, um, as she supported me throughout uh, my whole life. Um, She's provided the very best fill at stake for Nathan, his whole life. <laughs> and this is why he continues to uh, deliver on the big stage. So, um, well done, Becky. Thank you, love you, baby. <laughs> All right. <laughs> okay. Righto, I'm, I'm gonna take you back uh, to 2018. I love how in this speech,
0: you know, we're celebrating the 2023 premiership, but I love that Ivan is starting his story in 2018 from his perspective, which I think is such a a special thing. And I think at different points, he'll probably go back even a little bit further. But I I love the way that he's emphasised that, yes, they're celebrating the 2023 premiership, but it's not just about those 17 players and the guys that are in this room right now. It's about everyone that played a role – over the last five or six years. As I've always said to you guys, premierships, they're not won in a season. They are won over a long period of time. And you look at, you know, the, the, the way that Ivan has gone through and won these three grand finals, Like that, that, that journey would have started 30 years ago for Ivan. Back in 2002 when he's playing, you know, in a grand final for the New Zealand Warriors, getting the experience of that week and whatnot. Like, it all just plays a role into it. And I love how far, far back he's gone here. And I think this is going to be an absolute cracker to listen to this
2: journey. time during that year, I was... I was coaching the Tigers, I'd already, I'd coached uh, the Panthers here, so uh, quick story, I, I was coaching the Warriors, um, got the gig to come to Penrith. Um, we're, we're from the Northern Beaches, sorry, is Vince still here? Don't, anyway, don't tell anyone that, but anyway, <laughs> we are from the Northern Beaches. Um, but we decided we wanted to, uh, if I was gonna coach the Panthers, we were gonna bring our family to Penrith. Um, Come back from Auckland, we could have easily gone and lived on the beaches, but we decided we want to come to Penrith. Um, We wanted to immerse ourselves in the community.
0: How good is that sentence there? They wanted to immerse themselves in the community, so they moved to Penrith. You absolutely love to see it. And look, for anyone that lives in Sydney, living in Penrith, living on the northern beaches, two vastly different environments there, um, you know, very, very different places and whatnot. Obviously, uh, Penrith over there in western Sydney, uh, the northern beaches, you know, right on the beach and whatnot. So very different lifestyles, you know, just just very different communities, just completely very different places, you know, positives and negatives to both, 100%. Uh, but I just love that Ivan, even when he moved back, decided, you know what, I want to be part of this community. If we're going to build the Penrith Panthers into what I f- foresee them to become, we need to be part of that community as well. So I love that.
2: Um, i heard so many great things about it. A great mate of mine, Brad Fritler, um, obviously spent a lot of time here. I remember him saying to me, "He, I would never regret it. I did question that sometimes, but he was, as it's turned out, he was right. So we brought our family here. Um, In those days it was, um, yeah, the the community liked their team, but they didn't, I didn't feel like they loved it. There wasn't a lot of people wearing Panthers kit in and around the the suburbs. There was a lot of Parramatta fans. There's still too many around here today, but you don't see many jerseys, do you? Uh, There's a lot of South.
0: I love how he's having a bit of a giggle throughout this thing. I think this really does sum up who the Panthers are as well. You know, this is a, you know, a black tie event. They're all, you know, dressed to the nines and whatnot. But they are, you know, Ivan's still a little bit unbuttoned there, sort of taking a few stabs at other teams, you know, having a laugh about, you know, having too many drinks and whatnot. And I, This is what Western Sydney is, yeah. It's not buttoned up. It's it's unbuttoned. Yeah, they are who they are and they absolutely love it. And this is what this team is all about. So I'm I'm loving the vibe of this so far.
2: And that kind of stuff and, um, you know, people that have moved out here over time, uh, and sort of thought, geez, you know, like it's, it's, it's a real opportunity here.
0: I think it'll be interesting too. You know, obviously Ivan just mentioned, and I agree with him. A couple of years ago, I don't think the Penrith Panthers had the identity that they do now. I don't think, and, and obviously there would have been pockets that were, but I think the vast majority of Panthers fans weren't as passionate as they were as they are now, um, which is you know completely fair, obviously, and it is the way that. Um, success goes and premierships go and whatnot but it will be interesting because you know when I was a kid you know like Parramatta had such a stranglehold on uh, Western Sydney because they were so successful in the early 80s and you know that that generation had grown up bringing their kids up as Parramatta fans they were the successful team and now you've got the Penrith Panthers who have just done what Parramatta did 40 years ago it'll be interesting to see in 10-15 times the impact that the Panthers right now have on Western Sydney moving forward, especially with a guy like Nate Cleary. Uh, obviously, Peter Sterling, Brett Kenny. these were the guys back then. Now you've got Nate Cleary, you know, all, all these fellows that everyone looks up to out there. It'll be interesting to see how it impacts it and how many Panthers players, how many Panthers fans there are in 10, 15 years compared to Parramatta, for example. It's going to be an interesting little case study to watch.
2: Anyway, we got started and, yeah, anyhow, I got moved on and that's another story. So in 2018, I was coaching the Tigers... I'd um, um, been, been, yeah, given another start down there. I was just working my way through that rebuild down there. And Lockwood Dave O'Neill, was the chairman at the time, um, asked me for a coffee. And um, I, thought he was, I thought he was getting me to have a coffee so he could um, just release on a few things around what was going on around the club. And, and I thought, yeah, yeah, like, I, he'd been asking me for ages. I thought, I was, you know, I just didn't really have the time. But anyway, he found the time. And, we went down and had a coffee, and um, anyway, we are talking shit and whatever, and then he says, um, he just looked straight at straight me in the eye and he goes, mate, do you want to come back? I said, hey. He goes, do you want to come back and coach Panthers? And I was just like, F- yeah. <laughs>
0: And you know what? It's interesting. This is the line that obviously brought social media down. I think it's hilarious, and I think a lot of people tried to frame it as he was having a crack at leaving the West Tigers and going to the Panthers, which I personally think is complete and utter bullshit. I think it's very evident from within this speech and the context of the conversation that's happening is that he was just excited to come back and coach the Penrith Panthers and to coach his son as well so I understand, well actually you know what, I I don't really understand where people are coming from trying to say it's a stab at the Tigers I don't think it is, I think it's just you know how genuinely happy he is to be back at the Penrith Panthers and how much he wanted to be there Um, because he could see something that he could build there, Uh, so yeah the, the media attempt and you know some fans attempt to say it's a stab at the West Tigers, I think that's complete and utter bullshit, I think you being a little bit over
2: the top, to be honest with you. And told Beck and she says, what? What are you doing? Like... Yeah, it was um, that's, and that started a series of events um, that ended up leading me back to the club in, in 2019. There was so much potential in the club. They'd made the finals uh, three years in a row. Um, they had lots of success in the, in the lower grades and through the 20s and um, so many good kids playing there. Um, guys like Yowie and... and Nat and Dill, I think Ramey debuted, um, Fish and Moss. And so there's a real good you know, core of the team.
0: Isn't it great to hear that, like, that core of the team that really does make up the Panthers now? They were the guys that he was looking at all the way back then that were making their debuts, playing junior reps and starting to come through. And it's just a reminder that this is a system that wasn't purchased. It wasn't brought together. It was built. It was built from within. And that's what makes this side so special.
2: Took the job on in 2019. Um, I found out pretty much. I found out early on that like oh, this, is, it wasn't quite the the team that I thought it was. Um, basically, we were we were dysfunctional. Uh, without going into the details of why that was, uh, we were um, so much talent, but it just wasn't connected. And so anyway, we we, we wanted. Isn't that just raw honesty
0: as well? That word dysfunctional, which we just don't associate with the Penrith Panthers, we associate it with... Honestly, almost half the teams in this competition, I would say there's at least seven teams that I would associate the word dysfunctional with. Uh, the Penrith Panthers, they are certainly not one of them, but it is a great example of where you can come from. And, you know, Ivan wouldn't say it if he didn't mean it. There is no doubt about that whatsoever. They they were a dysfunctional side before this. They were like many of the other sides getting around this competition. you got to remember, 2019, they, they missed the finals. I think they did in 2018 as well. I could be wrong. Uh, but, yeah, it, it's uh, Ivan has hit the nail on the head there, and it is a great example that you can overcome that word dysfunction and you can make something out of it, which I think is fucking unreal. A great little bit there.
2: This um, course of like trying to create a, a winning culture. Um, I had, there's so many people that I could mention to thank, but every, as I said earlier, every single person that's been involved in this uh, deserves to be thanked. But what we need to do is we need to bring the next proper proper kids that we had through the team. We had to move some players on, it wasn't necessarily their fault, it was nothing personal, but they just didn't probably understand what we needed and to become a functional team we had to change some stuff. We went on a big army camp um, at the end of 2019 up in Queensland. Um, That was like crucial in terms of developing a hard work culture. These guys just ate it up, like it was just phenomenal. It wasn't just hard work, it was teamwork, it was resilience and they were just Unbelievable how that worked out. Um, late in that 2019 season, where we were having a bit of trouble, we debuted a few guys, um, guys like Mato. Um, we debuted Spencer and Critter in the same day. Um, forgive me from th- can't remember other guys. Um, guys like Matt Burton who's moved on, but we, we just yeah started bringing you know some of the guys that you see today. Bizza, like how could I forget him? Um, and we sort of we sort of set sail for something special.
0: Set sail for something special. They certainly did. And it is once again, I just love the way that this team, it hasn't been purchased. It has been developed from within. And a lot of these guys that Ivan literally handed their debut to, who have now won their third premiership in a row with Ivan, some have, you know, some have come and gone. Uh, but it is a pretty special group they've got here.
2: He came around. Um, that was the COVID year, if you remember. No one expected anything from us. We won... 17 games in a row, we were minor premiers, we were young, we were fit.
0: (laughs) Young, fit. Isn't it crazy when you look back on the last four years and... The season where they won 17 games in a row was their worst season, simply because they didn't win the Premiership that year. I mean, unbelievable stuff what this club has built. You forget just how good that 2020 season was when you consider all the things that went into it. They were away from home, all that sort of stuff. To win 17 games in a row, pretty fucking impressive.
2: Hungry, um, determined. Um, I should have mentioned Romy. He, he was back in that first crew too, but he, he really sort of came of age that year when James Maloney left. Um,
0: that's a big one for me that I mention all the time, James Maloney leaving. As I've said on a number of occasions, you simply just couldn't be successful without James Maloney for a long period of time. This Panthers side managed to lose him and all of a sudden improve out of sight. And shout out to Jerome Lawyer who has stepped into that role. Well, him and Nate, to be fair. Nate obviously become the Bane guy, but Jerome, good God, he had some big shoes to fill and, fuck, he's done a tremendous job.
2: Went into the grand final that year and we thought, F- no one can beat us. Uh, as it turned out, the Melbourne Storm kicked our ass that night. Um...
0: No hiding away from it. The Melbourne Storm kicked our ass that night. And um, oh, I, do, I genuinely do think it was the making of this Penrith Panthers side. As Ivan said, they went into that game thinking, no one can beat us. We are simply too good. Uh, and Cam Smith just did what Cam Smith does pulled their pants down, embarrassed them. And it's funny to think, you know, where would this Panthers side be if they didn't have that embarrassment, if they didn't have their pants pulled down in that game and shown and, and just put back in their seat a little bit? Really, really interesting.
2: It's not easy for me to say, I must say. Yeah but I think we've got a few back on them. Anyway, that's another, another story. But they taught us a lesson that night. They taught us a lesson in, in what, it, what it takes to win big games. You know, um, We'd won all these yeah, regular season games and we'd won our finals games, but it wasn't by much. You know, We'd just scraped through the Roosters and won a tough one against the, uh, the Rabbitohs in the prelim and we faced the storm and they just, yeah. In the end, that night, we ran out of time. Um, we were coming back, but it was such a hard lesson to learn, um, but we learnt it. Best thing we ever did, we went back and watched that game. And I've heard lots of teams say, oh, I'll never watch the grand final, I can't watch it, you know, it's just so hard, and, and it is. You know, like it's just the worst thing ever to, to lose a grand final. But our boys just showed the courage and, and what they're made of, and we sat there through the pain and watched it and came out of it and, like, okay, we know what we've got to do. Isn't that incredible when you hear Ivan talk about that? He made
0: all the players sit down and watch that game. Absolutely gut-wrenching, heartbreaking stuff, but they knew it would be for the best of their club. So they sat down, watched that game, watched it all the way through. And I've spoken to many players. I've interviewed many guys and spoken to many guys here and there who have lost grand finals, and they've never watched the game back. The Panthers came from that 2020 off-season where they were the hot shit. No one could beat them. They got it got done in that grand final and then they sat down in that off season with all these young guys who were absolutely heartbroken and went let's watch let's learn and let's come back from it fucking sensational
2: 2021 started and we started brilliantly um, I think we won 12 in a row or something and then as we all know we ended up in Queensland um, we were doing a tough up there on the Sunshine Coast I think it rained twice in winter <laughs> I can't tell you how good that was, but anyway. Um, so many great memories. And anyway, we, um, again, set sail for the, um, for the finals. How good are we, we know what we're doing. We've learned our lesson. We're going to Everest, all this stuff. And then just one after the other, the injuries started. Um, it was just ridiculous. We, um, we got to the finals and dead set, we hardly had half a team that was fit. Our training became like the lightest you can imagine. So all all this stuff that we built, how hard we trained, all these things just turned into like, just trying to get them ready just to get them out on the field. We lost our first final in Townsville against um, the Rabbitohs. We we, we, we earned a home final. Townsville was our home. uh, Didn't really work out that well. And then it was like, oh my God, everyone was telling us we were gone. Um, We had injuries. um
0: How good is it to reflect back on that season? Like, I always think back and go, fuck, they just won that off defense and grit. But, you know, a lot, lot of that comes down to the fact that they pretty much weren't training during the week, as you just said. They, You know, they were all injured. They were all busted. They were just trying to get as many guys on the field as they could. And, you know, keep in mind... This is off the back of a season where they went to the grand final the year before and they lost. If you have a look through the history of rugby league, the amount of teams that go to a grand final out of nowhere, lose, and then get back there is very, very small. It is incredibly hard to do. And that's what I think it will be really interesting with the Broncos next season. That's their big challenge. But this team, they went all the way to the top. They fell at the top. They had to go all the way back. They had injuries. They had everything go wrong. And they just managed to make it work. It is pretty damn impressive
2: so many, I won't even mention because all, we've all been through it before, but these boys just somehow summoned up the courage to to beat Parramatta 8-6. Then to face our nemesis, the Storm, uh, who'd won 20 games in a row by that stage. The best, pretty much the best club team, club season in history. Uh, the rampaging Melbourne Storm premiers, and we got them uh, at Suncorp Stadium there where well, they hadn't lost for like a million years. Um, and then we, yeah.
0: How good was that? I always forget how much of a good side that Melbourne Storm team was, and I remember sitting there. I remember going on the YKTR podcast with Isaac a couple of years ago, uh, the week leading up to this, and we just said, "Mate, I just can't see a way the Panthers win this game. I can't figure out how they could do it." And that's that. That was us not realizing what we were looking at. And you know, a guy like Oz, a lot like Isaac, he's literally been coached by Ivan. Knows nate was coached by Ivan, and we just we couldn't find a way that they could do it. And I remember talking to Nate at the end of this off season. We we, had, we had, I had the interview with Nate and. Um, this is obviously the game where they scored the big try where Nathan Cleary kicks out a dummy half uh, to the corner for Stephen Crichton. It was something that they, 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 they'd noticed during the season. They planned it during the week and uh, managed to pull one of the biggest upsets we, we've seen. Honestly, I, I, it, it's probably it, it's almost the most important game of the entire Penrith Panthers 3P, um, which is crazy because it wasn't a grand final. And you know what? You could probably argue 2023 might have been the most important one, the grand final. But this game, this is the one that t- said to the Panthers, hey, if we can beat Melbourne, we can beat anyone. This team's in the benchmark for years. They've beaten us in a grand final. They, they broke our hearts, but now we can come back and, and we can beat them. And, you know, it wasn't in Melbourne, but it was in Brisbane. It's the closest fucking thing you can get. Those boys, they just don't lose at Suncorp, as Ivan said. So I, I look back on it and think that's one of the most important games of um, the Penrith Panthers' Pete by far and away.
2: Somehow just hung on to beat the Rabbitohs uh, 14-12 in the grand final to win the 21 premiership. You would think that that was probably going to be enough uh, after all this time and you know struggling to win and losing the twenty grand final and you know that's it. Um, do you think they were done? No, they weren't. Came back even more hungry in twenty two. Had a great season there. Um, started feeling the 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 um, although we lost we lost Burdo in twenty one. Kirk Capewell, um, guys like that, Tyrone Mallett. We just we still. Had a good team, straight away we, we knew we were going to lose Zappi and Kicks, and it's like, wow, like all this work and you know, pathways and all this stuff, and so many people have done so good for, we're finally winning, and people are taking it away from us.
0: And this is the challenge with, with, where you know, when you're winning premierships, especially when you build them fr- from within, you build up these guys, you put their whole careers into them and whatnot, and then, you know, clubs just come and grab them and chuck more money at them. And there's really nothing you can do about it. It's just the reality of the beast. And most teams, that's that, that's their downfall. They simply can't overcome that. Not this team, though. They have just managed to find the perfect balance and how to balance out this squad and that, just that next man up mentality, which has been the Melbourne Storm thing for so long. But you can see now it's the Penrith Panthers thing by far far and away.
2: Um, so let's just, just keep going. We had a, another amazing season. Um, we worked out how to win in Origin because all of a sudden we've got all these Origin players that we've never had before. Um, one of the proudest things that I think this club should stand for is that we've never bought an Origin player like every single Origin player that we have has grown up through this club
0: that's probably going to be my favourite line of this entire speech, and it's something that me and be talk about on Bloke in a Bar, and I know people get sick of hearing about it, but it is the most amazing thing when you have a look at, you know, the last team to win back-to-back premierships was the Roosters in eighteen nineteen. and you have a look at, you know, in that preseason they signed James Maloney, a state-of-origin player. They signed Michael Jennings, a state-of-origin player. They signed Sonny Bill Williams, who obviously didn't play origin, but he's one of the greatest players we've ever seen. This Panthers side, uh, it has literally all been built from within, and they have never once signed an origin player in this era. It is pretty far- fucking incredible you think about how many origin players they've got how many guys have played origin and then consider how many of the boys can't play origin like their two front row forwards uh you know scotty Sorensen, all these guys that if they were able to play origin they probably would have and that list would just grow and grow so i, I think it's a very very good point that ivan makes and it just it's a credit to the Penrith panthers system out there
2: um i think that's a hats off to everyone involved So again, the, the, it's so good to see those boys that, uh, develop their career, and, and also playing Origin helps our club too, you know, in big games, they become accustomed to stuff, but it's hard, Yakko, going through an Origin period. But we learned how to do that. We got guys coming through, um, saw guys like Chris Smith and Falsey and, uh, and 22, those guys stood up in that Origin period. Um, we were able to win every game through there after like, not doing so well the year before. And then, uh, yeah. We saved our best to last for the for the Parramatta Hills uh, in the Battle of the West in Grand Final Day. Um, played the best game of the season, um, and two yeah back to back kicks happy going. Truly, that's enough. No sir.
0: I love that. Surely that's enough. No, sir. Obviously, mentioned they beat Parramatta in the grand final. And, you know, know, he he obviously made a bit of a stab earlier uh, in this podcast about the Parramatta jerseys and that there's not as many around. And I know Parramatta fans got upset about that. But honestly, if you're the Penrith Panthers coach and you don't hate the Parramatta Eels, what the fuck are you doing? They are your arch rivals. It is Battle of the West. It is the two biggest Western Suburbs teams. I mean, if you're the Parramatta coach and you don't hate Penrith, I'm sorry, but you probably shouldn't be the fucking Parramatta coach. It's the reality of it. It's the tribalism of Western City and of Rugby League. So I'm all for it.
2: They came back. Couldn't be more hungry. 14 guys from the World Cup. 14 players went to the World Cup. It's just ridiculous.
0: I think it's a big factor we need to remember. Obviously, all the state of origin players and 14 guys went to that World Cup. That's after they went to three grand finals in a row, playing more footy than anyone else in this competition. Then they had to send 14 players to the World Cup. This team should have been absolutely out on their ass coming into 2023. And I'm sure Ivan's just about to talk to it, but I think we need to remember that they were out on their ass. They lost the World Club Challenge. They lost to Brisbane Round 1. Everyone doubted them. But this is where this team just rose above and showed just how fucking good they are.
2: The sacrifice those guys made, they all came back, they all said, they all came back early and they all said, we want to take on St. Helens in the, um, in the World Cup Challenge. Came back early after everything they've been through. I want to play, I want to take them on. I'll come back early, I'll give up my family time, my rest, whatever. And that's what we did. And we lost. We lost. Was it funny? There's nothing funny about losing don't like losing
0: here i fucking love that about ivan i fucking love it uh that you know there are people in the room ha- ha- having a bit of a laugh and a giggle, and ivan just reminds them that they fucking hate losing losing isn't something that we do i just i love that attitude he's got
2: it was heartbreaking it was like you know it's the first game of the year and it was like you know we want to win the comp and all that but these guys are like they care that much about losing and they care that much about putting on a good show for our community and that was a trophy that the club had never won, and we, you know, we really wanted to win that, and we didn't win it. And deep down we knew that St. Helens came over here, and they actually wanted it more, and they showed it. When they won, it was like, it was like 18 grand finals in one for them. It was just the best thing ever. And that sort of lit a fire, I think, in our boys. We, you know, we were the hunted. Everyone wants to come after the Panthers. Everyone, like, we played the Brisbane Broncos, who had like, I don't know, three guys in the World Cup, lucky, I don't think they had that many. The whole pre-season, they would have been going. The Penrith Panthers, we've got them round one. They're coming after these blokes. You know, they got the whole of Brisbane that team. Forget about our little little pocket of these guys. Have got the whole of Brisbane. They got the whole of everyone. You know, super well resourced, huge club. You know, hadn't performed in the last few years, so they were coming. You know, and sure. Enough.
0: I just love the way that Ivan calls it as it is, and people say it's arrogant that people, you know, for him to say, "Oh, you know, everyone's going for the Panthers," but fuck, tell me they're not. Like, tell me that every single team at the start of the 2023 season didn't have highlighted on their calendar when they're playing the Penrith Panthers, because that was the opportunity to test themselves. That was the opportunity for that week for them to go, okay, let's see what we're fucking made of. Let's put everything we've got into this game, and let's see where we're actually at. Let's see if we can actually compete in this competition. So, I love the way that Ivan calls that out, because he's 100% right. There is no denying that whatsoever. And if your team didn't have the Panthers highlighted on their calendar, I've I've got a tip for you. Your team is up to scratch, they don't know what they're doing, I love the way that Ivan just calls it as he see it, people will call it arrogant whatever, but it's the fucking truth
2: they beat us by a, a point again um, we had another couple of games there, lost Parramatta god, how bad is that
0: Once again, people will say arrogant. If you're the Penrith Panthers coach and you don't fucking hate losing to Parramatta, you shouldn't be the Penrith Panthers coach. I absolutely love this attitude. It's the same as if, you know, the Roosters, if Trent Robinson was up here, I would fully expect him to hate losing to the South Sydney Rabbitohs. So he should. Rivalry and tribalism is real in rugby league, and they should, you know, the Panthers, they've lost to the Parramatta Eels a number of occasions over the last few years, but on the big stages when it matters, they always beat them, and they have for a long time. And I love that Ivan fucking hates when he loses to the Parramatta Eels. I think it's unreal.
2: Yeah, and again, like we did, is that Parramatta fans? Is, is there someone in there? Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> That's the same in there. Four and four. Sorry, couldn't remember the Bathurst night. Remember the Bathurst night? Anyone go to Bathurst that night? Yeah, how good was that? Pouring rain, freezing cold. We lost to the Tigers. Yeah. We sort of like. Um Once again, another Western
0: Suburbs team. If I'm Ivan, I would be off these guys completely. I get it 100%, and I'm all for it. And let's be honest here the Tigers, they ended up winning the wooden spoon this year. Yeah. For the Panthers to lose to them, it was unbelievable. He would have been filthy. There was a little bit in this game for him. He has shown that, and he owns that 100% that there is something in this with the with the West Tigers. He doesn't like to lose to them. But I'll give you the hot fucking tip. He shouldn't like to lose to anyone, and no coach should. And I love that he gets his boys up for big games and then he's able to enjoy it after. I love this about Ivan.
2: And you know what? They played really well that night. They hadn't won a game and they they were due. And God love Happy Coruscant. He he led them to a great win. Now, one of our favourites and still part of us for sure. Everyone who's ever played here is still a Panther, and he's certainly one of those. But we kind of just went, okay. We've tried to evolve as a team. We've probably tried a bit too much. You know? We've tried to change. Uh, we need to get back to what, what we know what works, and we did that. And from that night in Bathurst, I think it was like early May or something, or late April, uh, we won 17 of the next 19 games. And... How good is that?
0: They won 17 of their next 19 games off the back of that Bathurst game. And once again, they got their pants pulled down. They went okay. Everyone's doubting us. Every- like, I remember sitting on bloke that week and everyone sort of, you know, all the comments and everything, you know, they're, oh, they are fallen off. The, they're, they're not the team they were. I remember sitting there in round at the end of round one, they'd lost the World Club Challenge, they'd lost to Brisbane, I just said, hey, this is a champion team that has gone to three grand finals in a row, World Cup, all this stuff. They've lost two games by one point. Let's not fucking overreact. They're going to find a way to get back to the top,
2: and they managed to. Um, and I win in a premiership again, a three-peat. Um... The team just showed everything about what our culture is and our values, um, just the, the courage that they play with. Um, you just have no idea what these boys go through and the injuries they play through. Like, it's just, it's actually a badge of honour. Like, you just do not go down. Like, if you're not going to, you know, like there's been so many, there's obvious ones like Romy and um, there's just little ones that you probably would never see. Um, God, I love him, but like Nathan on the weekend, like, um, signif- very significant injury that's going to keep him out of the um, Australian series early in the game. He played on, you know, pretty much one leg and ended up doing what he did. Um, no-
0: I love how he points that out and I love that even though it's his son, he is able to acknowledge that, hey, Nate is just another player on this football team and what he achieves should be, a, it should be spoken about and, we sh- and I should be the one talking about it as his head coach. I love that he separates head coach and father. I think it's fucking unreal. Once again, people will say arrogant, you shouldn't say it, whatever. It is the reality of the situation that Nate is a great, great player. He did a great, great thing. That it should be, it should be noted. It should be noted by your head coach. You, as a player, you appreciate when you, when your head coach appreciates you doing stuff like that. So I love that.
2: Theodo the Courage and Determination Award. Like, pretty much, got one arm and he plays every week and does what he does. Um, I could go on, on, on and on and on. What these guys do for their community, like they are just honestly like unbelievable. I'm that proud of them. I actually, I get a bit emotional talking about it because I just, like having sort of, you know, played myself, like I just, I've never seen anything like it. Uh, It's such a cool thing, the way they all almost push each other and they just refuse to accept that they're not, they can't get out there and play, they love it that much. Um, The way the game went on the weekend, I mean, we all saw it, what you didn't see was the hours and hours and hours of practice, not just physical practice about how they play, but mental practice, mental rehearsal. Um, when they're down, you know, understanding that you're going to have doubts during games or you're under the pump or whatever, and they just practice and you know, work, work their way through that. And when we were down 26-8, uh, let's face it, me included.
1: Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile.
2: Yeah, you know, the feeling is like, oh, shit. <laughs> yeah, the Broncos are running wild. Um, how are we going to stop them? Um, you know what? Our boys would have been, I'm sure they were thinking the same thing. They're only human. They would have been thinking, what the f- How are we going to stop these blokes? But well, they did stop them. They turned the momentum. They stuck to the process. I've never seen a team have to come back from that big a deficit and yet did not step one foot out of the way we play.
0: How good is that? They just stuck to their game plan. They knew what had worked for them for the last three years, even though they were, in my opinion, going up against the most red-hot team that they had played in the last three seasons, down by, what is it, 16 points or something like that, with only X amount of minutes left on the clock. Your halfback's running around on one leg. Isaiah Yo's off the field. Scotty Sorensen's off the field. Isaac Tungo's going to have to leave the field. They've already lost Jerome Lawyer. They've got Jack Cogger on the field now. They just make it fucking work.
2: There's no like random like chip and chases or offloads out their ass or anything like that. They just they just stuck to our process. Yes, they accelerated and went after the game and they backed themselves, but they did not for one second change the way that we play. They backed our system, they trusted themselves, they trusted each other, they played as a team and played with absolute courage. And you should be proud of these guys.
0: That's a line that's going to stay with me. You should be proud of these guys, talking to all the Penna Panthers fans, members, everyone that's involved from, as I said, the front office all the way to the field. Uh, pretty special moment there, and, uh, yeah, I, I love that.
2: It doesn't always work out in the end, but the light shone on us, um, and we were yeah, able to, to yeah, come after the Broncos. Who, who knows? They might have started watching the clock and started getting a little bit negative. So it wasn't just the way we played, but the mentality, I just, yeah... It's just so fitting that we got this um, his- historical event, um, won the third premiership just in the way we did it, because I just thought it summed up everything that what our club is, so. Um, the main guys I want to celebrate tonight, boys, I love, I love the staff, I love all our people, but those players are f- awesome, and I just, wanna, <laughs> I just want everyone to celebrate them. On that note, may the fourth be with you.
0: What a way to finish. May the fourth be with you. This Penrith Panther side, I think they're going to be very, very hard to topple next year. And I know Ivan, you know, we obviously thanked just about everyone in the room, pointed out every single player, uh, but he is the centerpiece of this club. He is what they are built around. And he's the reason why I do think that they can win a fourth premiership in a row. The thing that I love about Ivan, especially in this speech, and that's the end of it guys, but just the thing that I loved is that, you know, I think the vast majority of coaches in this situation would have got up and you would have got cliche, 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 uh, do the right thing, uh, say the right thing, make the right noises – Be kind to everyone, do the right thing. I love that Ivan got up and he was exactly who Ivan is. He was exactly who the Penrith Panthers are. Yeah, they're a little bit cocky, but you know what? They back it the fuck up. And if you want to shut them up, you have to stop them. And at the moment, no one's able to. And he just absolutely embraced that. I love that he got up. He spoke about having a few drinks. He swore occasionally. He had little cracks at their opposition teams, which keep in mind, this is the NRL. You should fucking hate your opposition. You should want to absolutely give it to them whenever you can. And when you're on top of them, you want to be on top. Of them and you want to give it to them. I absolutely love everything about this, and I love that Ivan was just Ivan in this. He didn't put a mask on. He didn't be the guy that you need to be for the media. He knew that the you know it, it, it's 2023. Social media is everywhere. YouTube, you know, Instagram. People are going to see this forever. And he was just himself. He was just who Penrith are represented. His people and his guys in this room, and was just himself. And fuck, I'll tell you what. If I was a Panthers player, I would feel so much more connected, knowing that he is just him. He is not who the media wants him to be. He is not who the media needs him to be and that's what really stands out to me a fantastic speech there by ivan shout out to all the Penrith panthers fans who kept sending me the link to do a live review of it Uh, i thoroughly enjoyed that and um as ivan said may the fourth be with you i genuinely do think the panthers are going to win their fourth premiership in a row next year
1: it.